Welcome to the new episode of Quarter Quest, Comics on the Cheap. Can I ask you a question before we begin? Have you ever wanted to have your own podcast? If so, we'd like to recommend Podbean. We've been using it for the last three years, and we love it. It's easy to use, and the customer support is amazing. Just go to podbean.com and enter the code HAUNTEDLOG at checkout and get your first month of podcasting for free. That's podbean.com, Haunted Log. Now, on to the show. Looks like everybody's here now, so we can get this thing started. What's up, Ryan? What's up? Hey, Kirk. Hello. All right. Are you ready for the intro? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the It's Too Wordy comic book podcast, where three buddies talk about comics from their childhood and today. I'm Ryan. I'm Nick. I'm Kirk. And today we have Two Moons from Image, issue number one, and almost to the end of Crisis on Infinite Earths, we're on issue 11. And where do we want to start, guys? Uh, let's talk about two moons. Cool. This was a little bit harder to track down because all the snowstorms kind of, uh, made it delayed getting into our home base here. So I had to go to the store a little bit later to pick it up. <laughs> yeah. There's a couple days late, right? Yeah. Yeah. So two moons, image comics, issue number one. Uh, by John Arcuda and boy, uh, Valerio Gigantogordano. I feel that. No, was let's go with cover. that. Yeah. That sounds uh, good. <laughs> so what'd you guys think of this? Uh, mm. okay. I kind of liked it up until he turned in like the the monster like he turned into a like this guy like uh, one of his commanding officers turned into a monster but it looked like a mix between a muppet and one of those ghoulies yes it from did. the old movie <laughs> like i was like it's a ghoulie and once it turned into that i was like that ah, nope 
I don't care. I don't care how much this is supposed to be believable. Once that character looks like Blastar, it's over. <laughs> yeah. I like the story until that point as well. <laughs> well, I guess I'm the exception to the rule. I'm not crazy about it. I wanted it to be more of a true Civil War story. But I thought it was actually really pretty good. No, I'm not saying it was bad. I'm just saying that one part just kind of like took me right out because yep. that that look for that character is, you know, uh, if you've watched like 80s horror movies, that is a very known face. Well, what like, I'm uh, wondering is because this appears to be some kind of like a demon, correct? Yep. If that demon possesses someone else, because if you look at the character he took over, He's got a big shaggy beard. He's got crazy hair. I'm sure that's not helping what the creature the look. ends up looking like. I'm wondering if that creature possesses somebody else, if it wouldn't necessarily look the exact, like, completely different than what this is. You kind of wonder, yeah. Hopefully it does. That's the only thing I can think of because, you know, we read other books where you see like a demon has possessed somebody and when they expose themselves from possessing somebody, it's a, they, I mean, it, it doesn't look like that character at all. So I'm in the, in this case, you're seeing it look like similar to the character it possessed. So I'd be interested to see what happens. I'm going to, I'm willing to give it another issue. Um, I kind of like the aspect of uh, the Native American culture being in here and um, their belief system as far as, you know, uh, spirits visiting them and things like that. Uh, I think they did a good job capturing that. Um, yeah, the, the creature kind of takes you out of it a little bit. But I thought it was a really solid first issue. It's one of the better first issues, I, in my opinion, that I've read in a long while. Of a new character, I should say. New story. Yeah, it was so, pretty cool. uh, what, but, what were you going to say? No, I'm just saying it was pretty cool up to that part. Like, I really like yeah. characters, I like the artwork, but... Yeah. You know, you can always hope for the creature just to kind of go back into itself or it doesn't make an appearance again for a little bit. Right. Because he's still kind of... You know, I'm kind of curious to see what they do with it. So I'm at least on for another issue. But for me, as far as uh, power rings, I'm giving it four power rings. Kirk, what do you give it? Um, I'll go two and a half. Yeah? I'll, I'll split the yeah. middle. I'll go three and a quarter. All right, all right. I don't know. Maybe I, it's just because I'm so desperate to find anything current that I can really get into. 
Oh. Uh, yeah, I think we're all right there. To, yeah. You know, I think all of us are just right at that point. Aftershock right now. You know, I'm a huge Aftershock guy. I'm not feeling it with that. Um, I got that one Volt comic with the Rutt-Rom knockoff cover look. I was like, yep. what in the world is this thing? It wasn't great. I It's just like, yeah, I just want something good and new and refreshing. But, yeah. All right, cool. On to Crisis on Infinite Earths. So. Yay! I saw on one of my Facebook pages that somebody said they're getting ready to read it, and people were just commenting like crazy, like, oh, it's fantastic. It gets a little wordy here and there. Yeah. As a, it holds up well, I'm like, eh, maybe not. And I'm like, you know, overall, I think it's a pretty solid story. But it feels like this could have been six issues easy with all the extra that they put yeah. in there. You know, I'm sure George Perez probably had his arm in a cast for at least nine months after finishing this series from drawing so much. <laughs> all these characters that show up just long enough to promote their other book. You know. Yep. <laughs> so, issue 11. Uh, it's called Aftershock. And we wake up with Superman from Earth 2. Um, he apparently feels like he's back at his home. And he just gets dressed as Clark Kent, goes into work. And sits in the public or the um, sits in Perry or the editor. That's what we're always looking for. Sits in uh, the editor's office, and in comes Perry White. And is like, I don't know who you think you are, but you don't get to sit here. And right. Earth One, Clark Kent hears this, and he goes running in and goes, because "Oh, Clark's I'm sorry, that's Earth my uncle." Two. Yeah. And takes them out. Um, they go up to the top of the Daily Planet. They both do the Superman reveal, reveal shirt. Um, I do think it's very funny how both Clarks ended up wearing the exact same suit to the office. Same suit. Like. <laughs> They only have one suit, both of them. They have that blue with the red tie. I think that's all yeah, we ever see Clark that. in anyway, right? Yeah. Man. Yeah, Clark doesn't have a big fashion budget. <laughs> um, so they go flying off to where the Earth uh, warp zone is. And it's gone. So they asked the officer, a police officer, and they're like, yeah, dude, that ended a couple of months ago. Who's this other guy with you? Nobody's recognizing Earth 2 Superman. So they're like, oh, we're going to figure out what's happening here. So they go flying off to uh, the Twin Cities of Central and Keystone, and they go to see Jay Garrick. And... Uh, 
Joan Garrick, Jay's wife, is grilling and doesn't recognize, again, Earth 2 Superman. So Earth 2 Superman started to get a little frustrated about all this. Jay comes out and like, hey, guys. And Earth 2 Superman's like, oh, you know me? Yep, sure do. We're going to take a walk. You know, buy it back in a bit. Um, and they start discussing it. And there are certain, or a lot of people don't remember these Earth 2 characters of Superman Earth 2 and Jay Garrick from um, the JSA. And some people do recognize them, some people don't, but not everybody, you know, where they were world famous. And who should be in the workshop where they walk to but Wally West? And they're going to bust out the the Flash Mobile or the treadmill. Cosmic treadmill. Cosmic tread treadmill, yeah. The Flash Mobile. <laughs> like, oh, he just drives it like Fred Flintstone. It's fine. <laughs> At this point, then, oh, they have beaten the treadmill into the ground. Um, at least get them like, uh, oh, what's the big bike company set? The exercise bike company now. Everybody's getting into. Oh, a uh, Peloton? Oh, yes. yeah. Get, 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 get a Peloton. Peloton. <laughs> Nobody does treadmills anymore. Um, He'd be the worst spin instructor ever. (laughs) (laughs) All right, just 700 more miles to go. You can do it. Come on, bring it. Bring 700 more miles. We got 20 minutes. Come on, 700 more miles. 20 minutes. You can do it. 700 miles. Come on. Push it. Number four, you're go. (laughs) Pick up the speed, assholes. Oh, y'all fail. Get out of my class. <laughs> People falling off their bikes from just exhaustion. Kill kill over dead from a heart attack. They're going to start selling the Peloton map that catches them after they fall off. Yep. Um, <laughs> all right. So um, they decide they're going to kind of uh, use the treadmill to kind of figure out what's going on. So Jay goes gets in his Flash costume, and Wally gets his Kid Flash costume on by opening up his ring. And all four of them, four of the fastest men on Earth, jump onto the treadmill and start running. And they're trying to get to another point in time where Earth 2 existed, but they see just an endless expansion of black. There's nothing there. And Superman 2, at this point has uh, watched all the other characters uh, be panic and dismayed and down on themselves. Uh, so he decided he needed to join in on this because we can't have an issue of crisis without somebody feeling um, like they're not, that they feel like they're worthless. Right. But at and, least he's not sitting on the rooftop this time. <laughs> He is kind of. Sort of. He's on a trip. Metaphysically, he's on the rooftop of the world. Empty space. (laughs) (laughs) And he goes to jump off because he just feels like Earth 2 is calling to him and it's out there. And Earth 1 Superman does an amazing job because Earth 2 Superman's coming, going like straight out and just like walking to the ledge and falling belly flop style, right? But Earth 1 
Superman is able to grab Earth Tube's cape and yank him back uh, and pull him back onto the treadmill. And they start tearing off. And they manage to destroy the treadmill when they get back to where they're coming from. Uh, we get caught up with Animal Man, Animal Man Rip Hunter, uh, Captain Comet, Captain Comet, Adam, Adam Strange, Strange uh, Dolphin, because they didn't know what to do with these characters, so they all put them in a spaceship and said, "This is like okay. this is like a game of which one doesn't belong." One, right? Yeah. Okay. Fine. <laughs> Animal Man <laughs> and uh, Dolphin do not belong in here. <laughs> <laughs> Dolphin, please use your powers. Where's the water? Um, <laughs> animal right. man, turn into an animal. For what? <laughs> Jeez. Space whale, do it. <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, and they stumble across Brainiac's ship. And they're not getting... They're getting some kind of reading, so they decide they're going to stop on the ship and take a look. Because that seems like that is the safest way to handle this. So they land on the ship, and uh, Dolphin said, Hey, you said somebody's alive. Brainiac doesn't look alive. Uh, He looks dead. And so then we hop back to Earth, and we're in Titan Towers, where... um, most everybody else is gathered, including uh, Pariah and oh, the <clears throat> Captain Marvel, the Superman, Superboy, Aquaman, all the all the crews there. Um, and Huntress now has decided it is her turn to mope. Um, <laughs> yeah. and she is not on a ledge either; she is in a chair. Um, being very stressed out. But she's on the top of Titan's Tower, so there that works too. (laughs) And she's just very confused why uh, only some of them are remembered, and she's just very disappointed. And So we go through the history of how she figured all this out. She was out superheroing, and she got home to her apartment and changed up on the uh, top of the building. This is clearly before drones were a thing. Um, Because I guarantee a lot of people wouldn't be doing that now. She goes to unlock her apartment and somebody else answers the door. And she's like, wait, I thought this was my place. I guess it's not. And she goes to the cemetery and sees that um, there's no gravestone for her dad. And so, like, he never even existed. And so her and old version of Robin, Dick Grayson, was um, hanging out. And then um, we hop on and we start seeing kind of the history because we haven't got enough history stories from Harbinger about uh, all these different time frames happening. And oh, geez. Superman 2 finally can't have anymore, and he takes off. He's like, Where's my wife, Lois? Uh, she doesn't let her exist on this earth. I can't, I can't go on without her. And so, Earth 1 Superman goes after him, 
Dead Man and Phantom Stranger are trying to figure out what's going on with the Spectre. Um, he has been kind of put into a comatose state. Um, and the very power that they need to save the universe is currently being denied to them. Kind of hopping through here. We get into some magic stuff with the demon and Dr. Fate. At a detective convention. Is that a real thing? I don't. I, I don't, don't think so. <laughs> That's a lot of dicks in one room. <laughs> it's full of dicks. It's like a dick party. Oh, that'd be amazing. All right. Would it? Um, Superman from Earth One finally catches up with Two, and tries to talk him down and calm him down. Um, Holy Wonder Woman's not aging well. Batman, Luther, Alexander Luther, and Robin go see Lex Luther um, and talk to him while he's in prison. Your favorite character makes an appearance. Yeah. Detective Chimp. Let's see here. Oh, the. I can't find the name. What is this expedition crew underneath the ground, Nick? The Challengers of the Unknown. Thank you. Challengers of the Unknown make appearance, and they you find missed a big... uh, Sam Simeon and uh, Detective Chimp. Oh, I did. Sorry. Yep, they're in one panel. Yes. So <laughs> poor George Detec- Perez. <laughs> Detective Chimp does get to make an appearance. Um. And the challenges of the unknown are in the ground. They find this big warp terminal, and things are just spinning and spinning. And Pry is like, "Oh no, I, I'm getting pulled away again!" And by this time, all the other superheroes are looking at him, saying, "Shut up, we know." Um, <laughs> and something starts happening with Alexander Luther, and both Superman look up in the sky, and the anti-monitor shadow Darth Vader head is welcome to my universe. Welcome to your doom. <laughs> welcome to Asteroid M. Welcome to die. And at long last, the issue you've been waiting for, our double-sized conclusion. Boy, how, they can predict the future because they must have known we're all waiting for this issue to... <laughs> <laughs> you know, and the more I read this, I had fond memories of this. And at this point, I don't know if we've just advanced enough in the comic kingdom where I can say this wasn't as great as I remember it type deal. But this was going on around the exact same time in the Secret Secret Wars for Marvel. And it was kind of like a whole parallel thing. Because they were supposed to be fighting this big bad guy in Secret Wars but they were all kind of fighting amongst themselves because you had the villains and you had the good guys and you had the X-Men who were like, screw all of y'all. We're doing our own thing. Yeah, we're going to sulk in the corner because you all hate mutants, but we're going to separate ourselves. (laughs) We're not going to take the time to get to know you. We're going to go ahead and sulk because we already know you hate us. I'd rather Um, hang out with Magneto than you, Spider-Man, because he's a mutant and you're a human and you suck. It's the same kind of premise. You know, you got the big bad guy, but there's a lot of infighting. Again, 
Probably should have been six issues. Just saying. All right. Oh, not enough Great. moping. I wouldn't have enough time to mope. <laughs> There's got to be some kind of quota in there. You know, the the editor had to be looking at that and going, hey, we didn't have anybody mope in this book. We need somebody to mope in this particular issue. Right. What should we do? Spin the wheel. Yeah. Today's the Huntress and Earth 2 Superman. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, you know, Julia Schwartz just had that, that thing in behind him. Yeah, that, that spinning wheel. All right. Marvel has mopey characters. We need mopey characters. Do you think that maybe um, <laughs> Wolfman and Perez were just driving him nuts? And he's like, at this point, I really don't care what you do. Just do more of whatever you're doing so I can focus on these other things and leave me Yeah, alone. I, can, I can see it. Just kind of get fed up and just said, do it. Screw it all. Do whatever. Yep. <laughs> Here's my elevator pitch. You got 45 minutes? Here we go. He's like, get out of my office. But seriously, Perez should have gotten some kind of an award for having to draw every character they had a license to in this book. I oh, yeah. didn't see relief pages where they like did a big, huge splash page just to make him like be able to relax just a little bit. It, it's like panel, 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 panel. The poor guy. <laughs> oh, all right. Only one issue left. One issue. One issue left. Okay. All right. So that'll bring us over to our random read section. Um, and I just did a lot of talking, so I'm going to let one of you two go. I'll go first. Uh, I didn't pick anything up this week because nothing interests me. Uh, but last week I picked up. Uh, Teen Titans Future State and on the cover is Nightwing with uh, Deadshot's mask on. Was this issue one or issue two? This is issue one. Wow. Okay, cool. Um, so it starts off in Titans island in New York City has been destroyed and uh, Nightwing and I'm going to assume that's Arrow she's got bow and arrow so I'm going to assume that's Red Arrow or somebody yeah Um, I haven't read that one so I'm not entirely sure Arrowette or uh I'm kind of new to the Teen Titans thing, so I'm just learning who all these people are. Um, they're visiting a grave site of all the Titans who have died. Um, and they find a mask with an X on it. The red X. Yep. And then it's that flashed. Racer X's? It's Racer X, right? Yes. Or is it Cyclops? Would, That's what it, it looks like. It looks like, it looks like Racer X. Nice. No, Red X actually appeared, the first appearance is actually in a Teen Titans Go comic. Okay. They brought him over to the real world. Or the... 
Well, you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) So they flash back to Nightwing's birthday party and uh, Corey has handed him the Red X mask and he's like, I never thought I'd see this again. Where'd you find it? So he must have been the Red X. Um, Then they flash forward back to New York and they're at Titans or it's Dick and Arrowette again. We'll call her Arrowette. And they find an H dial. Oh, really? Yep. And so they go, it goes forward and they're at the Titans safe house. And apparently Beast Boy and Cyborg have merged. Um, How does that work? Your 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 uh your thoughts are as good as mine, man. I have no idea. So he turns and into a robot version of animals? One side is cyborg and the other side is Beast Boy. Huh. So, um, so they flash to a training where they're training new Teen Titans on how to fight. Uh, then they flash forward, and Arrowette and Nightwing are riding X Wings on the lovely Hudson River. Might suck up a diaper. Um, <laughs> See Kramer swimming in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it appears they're going to. They make it to the safe house, and Nightwing asks where Rachel is, and they say she's busy, and uh, he's talking to. Nightwing's talking to Corey, and she says she's busy and hangs up on Nightwing. And because he was being kind of a dick. <laughs> Pun intended. Yep. <laughs> See what I did there? So it talks about their planning. Uh, there's different teams, um, like there's, uh, I'm, I'm trying to follow this. I have no clue what is going on. And apparently Shazam's field team is under attack and they're going to find him. And then they show the next page is... A four-headed dragon, and Rachel is trying to use her powers to defeat the three-headed dragon. Four-headed dragon, sorry. I have to say that after watching Titans and reading some stuff, I really hate that they changed Raven in Teen Titans Go! But then it probably wouldn't be a kid's show anymore. 
apparently Rachel was using her powers from a distance from Titans, the Titans safe house. And she loses connection with the team and they're holding somebody prisoner, but you can't see who it is. And Cybeast, as they're calling him, wakes up and they tell everybody that they found the Spear of Destiny. And now they're going to go look for it. And it skips ahead to Detroit. And it shows Shazam's team being pinned down. And they do another flashback. And then it goes forward in time. And Nightwing is down below with the prisoner. And he's uh, talking for the prisoner and basically says this is like a second chance for Nightwing because he failed this person. And... The end of the comic, the guy in this the prison cell puts on the red X hood, and that's when you see Nightwing with it's death Deathstroke? Deathstroke? I just Deathstroke. lost his What is it? Deathstroke? Deadshot. Deadshot. De- oh <laughs> Deadshot, okay. Deadpool. <laughs> Same thing. God damn, whoever made this ripped off Rob Liefeld, you should hear about it. Um, just kidding, guys. I know. I know. His real name's Wade Watts. We get it. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's the end of the book, and it. I really enjoyed the, the book. It, it was really good. Um, I'm kind of curious to find out who the Red Hood is. Or the red X's. So I may have to pick up issue number two. Is that out or is it coming out? It's out. All the future it's states out. are out now. Um, hmm. That ended in February. So yeah. I didn't see it. So okay. I'll have to pick up the second one. But. Cool. It's good um, that you liked it. Yeah, uh, I also started reading uh, Teen Titans, The Judas Contract. Nick had let me borrow it a while ago. And I I never started reading it. So I'm going to get that read and I'll tell you what I thought of it. Cool. Cool. That's all I got. All right, let's give Ryan a little bit more of a time for a break. Um, I got uh, I got one that I want to do. Um, Sensational Wonder Woman number one came out last week. Uh, $3.99. It took me literally under five minutes 
maybe actually wow. three minutes to read this book. Wow. Maybe. It is... <sighs> Open the first page, and it says, Diana, can you hear my Diana? Diana, we need you to come home. Honey, I'm home. That's the first page. So if I read that in like five seconds, imagine what 32 more pages is like. <laughs> so this book starts out, she's in the 1950s. She's dressed in a red shirt, blue, blue skirt, white apron with stars on it. And she's making a turkey. Right. So you, something's definitely off. Her, her husband comes home. His name is Douglas. And he's like, you know, sorry, I'm late. She's like, sorry, I don't have dinner ready for you. Um, but I'm making your favorite. And she cuts herself and she's like, wait a minute, something's weird. Right. And then you you, you go to a panel where she's dead on a slab. Right. She, she looks like decayed. She's like really gray. She's all beat up. And then it goes back into like, you know, it's a dream state. And they keep talking about how she cut her finger and how she's clumsy and they need to go for a walk. And a little girl, like a little boy runs out in the street and like going to get hit by a car and she runs out in front of it and the car gets destroyed. And her husband goes ape shit, right? He's like, that's a job for the police. You're just a woman, right? And he just keeps berating her because she's a girl and she starts to slowly remember some stuff, right? Like she knows that this isn't like a real thing. And hot girl shows up. She's standing over the, the body and she's like, you have to fight this, you know, come on, fight it. And there's little Dr. Psycho. And if you've watched the, Doctor Psycho is a really obscure DC character. You gotta you watch the Harley Quinn cartoon and get to know Doctor Psycho really well. He's an old Wonder Woman villain, and he loves to mess with people's minds. And what he's doing is he's got Wonder Woman under his control, and he's about to take down Hawk Girl. Right? And inside Wonder Woman's brain, she's fighting this this demon. It's all black, and she's trying to find a way out. And she finds a way out, saves Hawkgirl, beats up Dr. Psycho, issue's over. That's it. Wow. Who wrote that? That is Stephanie Phillips with art by Megan Hetrick. Art's great. I'll tell you, the art's really cool. But there is absolutely no substance in this book. And that really irked me. Um, I don't like paying $4 for something that, when I have a migraine, doesn't hurt my brain to read. Yeah, um, I agree. It's just like there, there was nothing in this, other than some really cool ads for upcoming DC books. Uh, yeah. Joker number one. Joker is now the most hunted man on Earth. He already was. Yeah. Unless it's just Batman. Uh, Batman Superman number 16. New villains, new world. Uh, looks like a classic Superman mixed with modern day Batman. With a little bit of 50s Batman, I guess. Um, and Christina Aguilera makes an appearance. Just look at the picture for Batman Superman number 16. Look at the cover. And that is Christina Aguilera. Um, 
two more Superman books, uh, Superman 29 and Superman 1029. Uh, Superman looks like he dies again. Another swamp thing. Oh, God. Oh, and Ryan's favorite. I know he's going to want to do this so bad. Suicide Squad number one. Peacemaker leads the squad. <clears throat> They're fighting the Court of Owls. Oh, cool. They'll be easily distracted by his big-ass helmet, and they win. Yeah, they just <laughs> they just shine a light <laughs> off of it and blind everybody. <laughs> Then like they hook owls, up. and they just go stare at it. And... Yep. <laughs> then they're going to hook up a satellite to it, and he's going to get free cable. <laughs> oh, I think I had more fun with the actual advertisements than I did with the storyline. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I was kind of curious about who wrote it and. I wonder if it's designed to be a series of like uh, one-shot stories for from kids, or was it because it's uh, you know I'm going to say this wrong, Women's Day or Women's Month or whatever it is, you know, March being that right? It's International um, Women's Day today. Yeah, so they had uh, made created this special with the women artists and the writer and all that stuff. And it was designed to be more of just kind of a one shot type deal. Um, and kind of showing, because once you started saying that how he kept on degrading her for being a woman and stuff, I'm like, Oh wow. Okay. I can't believe they're kind of going that route, but maybe this is their way of saying, see how far we've come from that time when that was a, standard perspective i I don't know i can see that like just watch mad men holy shit or just any old movie (laughs) you'll take my slaps and like it that is true yeah the good old maltese falcon (laughs) (laughs) all right so i got a little bit of a stack Nothing too crazy. You got a short box tonight? No, just just four books. Um, so <clears throat> I kind of randomly picked up just some back issues of stuff. Uh, we've been talking about a little bit. Current stuff is just not grabbing my attention right now um, as much as I want it to. Um, so... Um, we'll do this one first. So I have New Teen Titans uh, 117 by Wolfman and Rosado. And um, clearly you can tell Wolfman has kind of gotten a little bit older because it was not nearly as wordy. It makes a lot more sense than in, uh, Crisis. So the Titans are actually taking on Simon and um, there is a newer character who he is not able to control. He's knocked out all the rest of them. And this newer character, I'm trying to find her name. 
Um, uh, I don't see it here, but she can manipulate people's minds. And uh, he, Simon's like, oh, you, well, you can't beat me. I'll just start destroying all your friends. And she started manipulating his mind and taking over his mind and making him think that she turned into Simon. So there's like two Simons, you know, the standard, which one's the real Simon thing? Um, and she's able to challenge him, and he, it really confuses him, freeing up the other Titans to kind of attack, go on the attack of him. And they're able to take him out with all the power hitting him. And um, it was kind of cool because it's more of an undercard character that you don't see. It's Mirage. That's what her name is. It is an undercard character that you don't think would be able to take out Simon. But when you have powerhouses like uh, Donna Troy and uh, Impulse and uh, Terra. You know, you have all these guys that can do so much, and it is Mirage who can just change her shape, you know, or project the shape of Simon and convince him that he's going crazy so the other Titans can jump in and help destroy him. It was really fun and enjoyable. I, I'm glad I picked it up. I mean, this one was from uh, 95. I mean, so yeah, I kind of went a little bit older there. Another one I did was a JSA run um, from 04. This is when Jeff Johns was writing it. I forgot how much I enjoyed Jeff Johns's JSA run. Oh my god! He was doing Hawkman and oh. the JSA. Um, it's the beginning of a storyline for the Anatomy of Murder, and this was just excellent. Um, you have this. Spectre in his old full-blown glory. Uh, this is when Spectre was actually Hal Jordan. And he just got... became the Spectre. Um, and the, how they're trying to stop him from taking certain souls. Um, and in the meantime, you have um, our man basically running on a drill and Alan Scott and Jay Garrick are running along with him to help him. And our man's just going after villain, after villain, after villain. He's looking for one particular villain, but I mean, he takes down all these villains in like a single night. And Jay and uh, Alan are like, why don't you take a break and relax a little bit? He's like, Oh no, no, I'm going to run out of time. I got to keep going. So he pops another pill and just goes after these villains some more. Um, it's you really get to see the development of these characters um, because you have the older group like Wildcat and Jay and Alan and Our Man, and then you have Hawk Girl and Star Girl um, and Mister Terrific, uh, the younger generation of the JSA um, there as well, and. Um, so yeah, there, there's this great scene in here where Doctor Midnight, Mister Traffic, comes in and talks to Doctor Midnight, and he's like, "Oh," and he's, <clears throat> excuse me, Doctor Midnight's in a church praying, and uh, Mister Traffic's like, "I didn't know you were a religious type." And he's like, "Well, I'm really not, but if there is something out there, I'm going to be praying for my 
friend's soul, you know? And, oh, it's just, I don't want to give away the ending. It's really worth checking out. You need to take a look at it. This was JSA issue 60. Um, any of that John's JSA run, anyhow, is amazing. Definitely check it out. <clears throat> um, all right. Then I got uh, Sergio Argana's Massacres Marvel. And um, I love this. I laughed a lot. Uh, it's fantastic. The whole premise is Sergio goes to visit the Marvel Studios and um, everybody is gone. And he sees all these books that are missing their deadlines. And he's like, I'm going to help out the whole Marvel Universe. And he starts drawing up the storylines and finishing up the storylines for all these characters. And um, we get the first introduction of the seagoing soar. And he takes out Namor. And um, <laughs> then they kind of break it down into subsections. So the first group that we see is the Fantastic Four. And this was amazing because it's been throwing a fit. And he's basically like sulking around. He's like, you know what? I quit the Fantastic Four. And Johnny's like, no, you can't quit the Fantastic Four because I'm quitting the Fantastic Four. And Sue's like, I don't do anything here anyhow, so I'm going to quit the Fantastic Four. So nobody's quitting the Fantastic Four. And Reed comes in. He's like, none of you are quitting because I already quit. <laughs> so they're all sulking and trying to quit the Fantastic Four. And somebody, I can't remember, oh, uh, the Federal Trade Commission shows up, and they're like, uh, yeah, you, you're false advertising because there's not actually four of you now. Somebody quit. And this is happening all the time anyhow, so you really need to kind of think about renaming yourselves. Uh, Daredevil, Iron Man, Thor show up, and they're like, now we're six members of the Fantastic Four, and all three of them are like, fine, we quit. So that was the whole joke is they quit the Fantastic Four. Um, and this, the, uh, oh, where is it? At? And then the seagoing soar comes in and takes all the fantastic four with him and leaves. Then we get Spider-Man who is sulking around and he's like, you know, what always makes me feel better is the retelling of my origin story. So he, they do a retelling of his origin story again. And the Seagoring Sword shows up and captures him and takes him off. Silver Surfer sulking. Seagoring Sword picks up him for, because he's sulking. I, it's just hilarious. It, this guy's going after anybody that is just pouting. He would have loved Infinite, Infinite Crisis. Um, <laughs> and, and it ends up where they, at the very end, after he's captured all these people, um, all these people have to team up to take out the seagoing sword, and um, but they have uh, Storm there, and Storm's like, but we can't go after the bad guy yet. We haven't done the standard, we have to fight the other good guy because we don't know why they're here kind of thing. So they would make fun of the whole fact that they, you know, they're fighting each other. They basically knock everybody out, and they go after the seagoing sword at the 
this is amazing. This is like three bucks. This is one of the most entertaining books I have read in a very, 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 very long time. I laughed a lot. If you can find it, pick it up. All right. And then finally, um, more current, I picked up Infinite Frontier. And I, I really gonna, like this. I was going to pick it up. Uh, it is a, it's six bucks, but it's yeah, thick. Yeah. Um, I love this. I'm curious to see where they're going to go with it. Um, I don't want to give away too much, but it's one of those deals where it's kind of like, um, what is a wonderful life where, so wonder woman is being recruited by the, uh, quintessence. So the phantom stranger and, uh, one of the guardians and the specter and, um, they're trying to recruit her to join them. And she's like, uh, something doesn't feel right. There's always a cost. What's the cost? She's like, I really don't, you know, I want to see my friends and make sure everybody's okay. So the specter's like, sure, I'll take you around and show you. And what this does is basically resets a, the storylines that are going to be coming up. Um, where, uh, black Adam becomes a superhero um, where uh, you know they, the Joker escapes from Arkham again, and that's an underlying storyline. Um, how the Birds of Prey are together again, and Barbara's kind of running things, and she's like, "I'm not hanging up the costume for good, but I'm only going to bust it out when it's something I really need to bust it out for." Kind of deal. Um. Apparently, Grifter is now a part of the Batman universe at this point. He shows up in it. Um, they go to Themis- Themiscara, and they're holding auditions for the, to become the new Wonder Woman. That story was absolutely amazing. Um, I think... <clears throat> Okay, so you guys remember the Earth 2 book done by James Robinson? Where Barry. Alan Scott came out as gay, right? Oh, yeah. I got it. Yeah. So, and that was kind of always looked at as kind of like, eh, it kind of happened over there. It's not in regular continuity. Um. Alan's talking to his kids and, you know, he's like, I've married a couple of women I absolutely loved. Um, I'm all about saving the universe, uh, but I think it's time. And both of the kids are like, yeah, we already know. And he finally says, I'm gay. So they put it in real, real uh, continuity at this point. I mean, this was absolute. I mean, there's one part with the Teen Titans in here. You're like, Holy smokes, this is going to be awesome. Um, it's just setting up all these future storylines that really... I mean, this was well worth the $6. Um, I was amazed at how much I enjoyed this. Um, 
they're bringing in the Teen Lantern now. Uh, there's a part where they talk about the lanterns. Um, they're bringing in the Teen Lantern now. But I'll, I'm going to be honest, the only story in here I really didn't care for, and the way they connect it is it's not like it's separate stories. It's Spectre carrying the uh, Wonder Woman throughout, looking in on her friends. So it's not like they're separate one-off stories kind of thing, but they are to an extent. Um, the only one I really didn't enjoy was the Flash one. I'm like, I'm over that. It. This was great. It really needs to be picked up and taken a look at. Um, there's a surprise ending. I love some of the new costumes they're coming out with for these characters. This is going to be really... I'm, I'm really excited to see where this goes. Absolutely check this out. Whew. All right. That's what awesome. I have. Cool. Whew. So, you guys got any news or topics? Um, do you want to talk about WandaVision, Nick, or no? Uh, let's let Ryan watch it before we spoil the complete ending of it. But okay. I just want to say, yay! Yeah, it was awesome. And I keep it's funny because I keep watching people like on uh, Netflix and YouTube, and they're all not Netflix, but on Facebook and YouTube, and they're all like, I cried so much. I'm like, I couldn't get into it because I have a five-year-old who won't shut up. <laughs> so. Yeah. I kind of saw it coming, though. So. Anyway. Um, yeah. It'll be we'll cool when that it alone. leads I mean, into Doctor Strange. I kind of wonder how yep. many characters they're going to bring into Doctor Strange from that. I agree. Um. Have you watched any more Titans? No. No? Okay. No. Uh, I've been working on stuff. Not watching a lot of TV lately. Sure. Um, there was something I wanted to bring up last week. And I was really hyped and really like... It's kinda, it kind of pissed me off a little bit. But I've calmed down so I can talk rationally about it. I wanted to see how you guys felt. There was an article that states Man of Steel star Henry Cavill receives backlash for dating Gina Carano years ago. Okay? And my takeaway, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but my takeaway from it is this got to stop. No matter where you come down on the issue, it's got to stop. You know, I think that's why I never wanted to run for office or be an actor. Because everybody does does stuff, you know, later on that, you know, may not have been the best thing, you know. And I feel as long as you've grown from that, you know, they're saying basically that because he dated Gina Carano, he shares the same opinion as her. And I'm at the point, I came down on a certain side, but it's just getting stupid now. Like, 
they want to cancel Eminem <laughs> because of his lyrics in a Rihanna song. And I'm like, if you cancel Eminem, then the whole hair metal, heavy, heavy, or hair band, heavy metal shit needs to go away. Two, you need to cancel every band that's ever been out there because it misogyny and objectification of women has been going on no matter what the genre is. Okay? I'm not a big fan of censorship. I don't think books should be banned. I don't think movies should be censored. I don't think music artists should be censored. Shit, I don't even think comic books should be censored. Um, but this whole, as I'll say in quotes, cancel culture is getting really stupid. So... Uh, If you take away everything that is out there, you're gonna have to t- you're gonna have to get rid of everything. If you if you cancel every, you're just nobody's gonna have anything to watch on TV. Nobody's gonna have music to listen to. We're all gonna be monks. If you don't like something, you don't have to buy it. Nobody's forcing you to listen to music that that does this. Change the channel, man. Now, if somebody, you know, beat women and murdered somebody or and it's a famous person, then yeah, I come down on them. And, you know, do it then, but because they wrote lyrics or they wrote something in a book. If you take what you listen to and, and you put like, I think when we were in school, Nick, they, they banned Tom Sawyer. Yeah. Um, how are we supposed to learn if we don't, how are we supposed to get better if we don't, learn about past mistakes. Well, they don't want us to learn. I'm not going through that again, but it seems like... No, I agree. I don't want to get too far into it, but I'm just... This is something that was on my mind. Right. They want everything sanitized. They want us all to think the same. And, you know, if... It's very George Orwellian. Like, you can't think a certain way or we're going to cancel you. Yep. Pretty much. So the thought police are here and they are called hipsters. (laughs) Like we never thought that like the younger generation would be our thought police. Nope. But just like in 1984, when he has to watch the little kid because she's part of the, uh, or he or she, I can't remember which one it was, but they were, uh, they were part of the, uh, the junior league that was watching people and then reporting them to the authorities for what they were thinking and doing. Yeah. It's kind of just like what every kid does on Facebook. Yep. Like, Oh my God, you know what he said? And then everybody just jumps on your back. So it's, it's very, 
1984. Yeah. What we're going through right now. Like Like, I said, I'm, I'm calmer now, but last week I was ready to go on a rant. I don't want to rant because that exhausts me. Um, but yeah, that's how I feel about the decision. I think we need to just, you know, you don't like what somebody says, don't listen. You don't want, like what's on the raid, the way you hear it on the song, don't listen to the song. Turn off the but TV. It personally offends me, and I have to tell everybody about it. I know. I know. It just. Everybody has a platform now, and everybody thinks that we need to follow what that one person says. I don't. I don't get what happened to individual individuality, but it seems like it's just gone. Yep. Like We all have to think a certain way. We can't date that person because of what she said twenty years ago, right? And maybe Gina was different twenty years ago when Henry and her dated. Maybe. You know, we don't know. We don't know what it was like. We don't even know how long they were together. You know, like, and dating could be they went out one H- time. Henry, K- yeah. Well, they were in a relationship. They were engaged. Okay. But I see what you're saying, right? You know, people change. They're the, uh, a lot of kids grow up and they're very democratic, very liberal, and then when they get older, guess what? You're a Republican. Yep. Happens to everybody. The older yeah. you get, the more conservative your views are going to get, and you will probably be the man that you are fighting against. Yeah. So. So that's just my two cents. Take it for what it is. It's just I needed to get it off my chest. So. No, we get it. Um, do you got anything? Nope. Ryan? Yeah, I got it. I got a couple things. We just got brought up one thing on Discord, but I wanted to bring this one up because I'm kind of curious uh, what your thoughts are. So somebody asked um, in one of the groups I'm in, who is the greatest comic writer of all time? So and it was one of those voting polls. Mm-hmm. And these are the. And this was a couple of weeks ago that this happened. So these are the people that were listed. Okay. They got a Stan Lee, they got Alan Moore, Chris Claremont, which I have a feeling that's where uh, Kirk's going to lean, Grant Morris, Frank Miller, Neil Gaiman, uh, Jeff Johns, Terry Moore, Roy Thomas, Kirby, Giffen, Kevin Smith, Lemire, Peter David, Sam Giffen, uh, Starling, Dixon, Wade, Brubaker, Miller, or Millar, Stern, Garth Enos, uh, Roger Stern, excuse me, and then Steve Englehart. Those are the ones that people were voting for. I was very surprised. I didn't see uh, some of the, some older names on there, I guess. Yeah. But, I mean, first thought right off the bat, who do you think your defining writer is for dude you, you can't do that no you can't right off the bat <laughs> wow yeah. i okay, thought so, you guys would be prepared for this a little bit okay well let, let me look around the nerd cave a little bit 
Who do I have the most of? I have the most of Chris Claremont. But I like all the other. I like Roy Thomas. I like, you know, uh, Jeff Johns. Um, it's hard to just pick one. Oh, I absolutely agree. Um, <laughs> that is a tough one. Yeah, like Scott brings up a good point. They're all uh, American, Canadian, or British. So, no Tetsuka, who created Astro Boy. Um, no uh, Yoshida, who created Speed Racer. These are huge things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they're... American, oh, God, you know, Roy Thomas. He came into Marvel as a as a guy that won the contest for, no, he didn't. He went to, like, Marvel, and he's like, Stan was like, hey, you want a job? And give me a, here's a sheet, half filled out. Go ahead and fill it out. We'll talk to you later. Right? Yeah, it was, it was Jim Shooter who won the contest. Right. And uh, uh, Giffen, De Matias. See, I like De Matias. The nerd in me is going to see say, uh, well, the, the hipster in me is going to say Dave Stevens. He created the Rocketeer. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. He did some amazing stuff. Died really early. Yeah, I don't know. See, it's a hard. Just... You got like you can break it down by era. You can break it down by because Roy Thomas could outright anybody today. Yep. Like they would have no idea how to write a comic like he did. Oh, I agree. I, I mean, there were some great. They listed off some great writers. Yeah, none of them were. All of them were more British and American. Um, there was no women on that list. You're right, Scott. Yeah, I'd say Gail Simone. Yep. Is she my all-time favorite? No, but I've always enjoyed everything that she's written. Uh, Louise Simonson. Yeah. Excluding Power Pack. Um, <laughs> I remember from X Force or X Factor more than than Power Pack. And I had nothing to do with creating the list. I just no. somebody put it on there, and I was like, it made me start thinking. I'm like, well, my and this this is going to be sacrilege to a lot of people. Didn't think Stan's stuff was all that great as far as a writer goes. He did a great job of creating characters, but... I think his early Spider-Man work is why they put him on there. And that could be. But, I mean, would I say that he is the best writer I've ever read? No. No. Um, You know, there's a lot of other foreign writers that... Um, 
I can say that I've never read that I know are amazing. I've just never gotten into them. Um, you know, I've got writers that I do enjoy reading, and I watch, look for their stuff. But to say there's a one particular favorite, it did create quite the discussion, and people were like, well, how could you not list Bendis? And it's like, you know, that's pretty easy. But... Uh, <laughs> Ed Brubaker. Right. That's what I was about to say, Ed Brubaker. Brubaker's fantastic. Oh, I just thought it was kind of an interesting um, question. And I kind of wanted to just throw it out there and see what you get, what your guys' takes were. Yeah. Hmm. Who's the guy who wrote Savage Hawkman? Because that would be a no. <laughs> uh, Liefeld. <laughs> I don't know how you didn't think that was great that um, was the turning point in the history of Hawkman that made it awesome <laughs> Ugh. sorry I just said that you did hear the uh, the uh, I don't know it, I, no never mind my brain is toast so Okay. Um, anybody out there own West Coast Avengers number 45? Yep. Sell it. No. <laughs> my favorite issue. Wants to buy it. It's my favorite issue. No, it's my favorite issue, too. I love the cover. It's the first appearance of the White Vision. So with WandaVision, people are now selling their books one sold for 1500 and I looked at eBay and it's like 150 to 200 dollars they're trying to sell them for and I'm like I bought this for a buck 50 right I bought it off the stands right <laughs> so yep all because should... it has has vision and the white vision Wonder how much I could get for my white vision PVC figure. That came know. out at that time. You know those sweet toys before we had good comic toys? We had to buy those chintzy PVCs from China. <laughs> mm. Yep. Gonna keep that away from self now. It's worth yeah. like four hundred dollars. <laughs> and did you have something else, Ryan? Well, actually, Scott brought it up in the Discord about, uh, and Scott, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I think you said something about uh, who's your favorite character you discovered by reading another book that the character showed up in is essentially what how I took it. Is that right? Yeah, I think that's the way it went. I thought that was a fantastic question because I never thought about it that way. But, I mean, there's a lot of great characters that I've started getting into because of reading other books where they make an appearance. Yep. Um, um, mine right off the bat, I would say Ms. Marvel. Yeah. I found out about her through um, X-Men. Yep. Yep. So, um, yeah, for me, stole, rogue oh, stole ahead. her powers. 
Is that when she became binary? Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh. Were you gonna? For say me, that? it was a, a Power Girl from reading um, All Star Comics because I really loved the JSA, and that first appearance of Power Girl was in that quarter box, and I really liked that character along and and the Huntress at the time too. She was really cool. And reading the Fantastic Four and getting to know She-Hulk, like I found a lot of female characters that I loved just from reading them in other books. Yeah, um, yeah you can just, you know, Black Canary from reading the JL or Justice League and just books that, characters that didn't have their own books at the time that were just like, you know, who are these people, you know? And uh, just a lot. Black Widow from Daredevil. That's where I found out about her before I knew she was an Avenger. Yep. See, for me, like, um, I got into Green Arrow because of Hard Traveling Heroes. I got into all the Magic Universe because of Books of Magic. You know, uh, Zantana and... Uh, Constantine and creatures or the characters like that. I got into uh, Darkhawk because of Secret Defenders because he was in the first six issue storyline. Um, I the downside is you find out about these characters, you're like, I really like this character, the way this is written about you know this character, and then you go read the books, they're individual books, and you're like. This is not the character I liked from the because somebody else wrote it, right? In some uh, of those cases, Blue Beetle. You read the uh, Justice League of America or Justice League, uh, and then you read his 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 own title, and you're like, God, this is horrible. Yeah, because <laughs> this is not the same character, right? Because somebody else is writing it. You know, and I don't think <sighs> at that point they were. The continuity was there as far as storyline goes, but I don't think there was any continuity to how the character needed to be portrayed in a way. Um, yeah, Scott's like Gwenpool from Howard the Duck. Who would have yeah. ever thought that? Uh, <laughs> you know, at one point, I'm not a huge Deadpool fan now, but at one point, I got into Deadpool because of New Mutants 98. Yep. You know, um, and I really liked how that character took off with um, Joe Casey writing it. I thought it was a fun book and, and very entertaining. You know, so there's a lot of characters that, you know, how many characters got their own stuff from being published Thunderbolts. They took off into their own series because they were in the Incredible Hulk. You know? Wolverine! Uh, Wolverine, yeah. Wolverine, yeah. That's a good one. Okay, let's settle this. Wolverine first appeared in what? 180, 181? Or in that splash panel in some magazine? Okay. His first full appearance, I, I'll go with 181. How do you decide though? Because he's he is it because when he talks or is it because when he's like the full suits shown? Yeah, 
right? Because if his first appearance, he actually shows up in 180. Technically, that's a first appearance. Yeah, because I have the first technical appearance of Archangel in X-Factor. Right. It's like, uh... <laughs> okay, so... Now we I have that card debate, right? All of this. Yeah, well, the Marvel card actually says his first appearance is 180. Okay. If you look at the Marvel card on the back, it says first appearance, issue 180. <laughs> now, my personal preference was there was an ad in the Daredevil book about a month or so before issue 180 came out that showed Wolverine on it. So I'm going to say it's the ad itself from the Daredevil book just to be a pain in the ass of everybody. <laughs> everybody has a different opinion. Everybody has an opinion. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but truthfully, it doesn't really, in I guess, matter because all those books have value because Wolverine's in it. Yep. I mean, the first appearance is great for, you know, I, I think the whole, what, what is it, the cameo appearance is kind of a joke. Um, because even with Justice League, the, the cameo appearance of Jessica Cruz as a Green Lantern, because it showed her hand with a ring on it, that you didn't know it was Jessica Cruz was issued Justice League of th- issue 30. But that is considered the first cameo appearance as Jessica Cruz as a Green Lantern. And then full appearance was in 31. I don't care about the cameo appearance. It, it, you know, yeah. it, I, to me, first appearance <laughs> is when they actually show up full page, not the shadow of the character. And actually not, do something, right? Yes. yes. Right. Yes. And that's what it should be. So That's everybody out there hunting 180, you're, you're, we'll find out in a couple of years how everybody feels about this because it's the collector's thing that people are fighting about. Because like, you could probably go pick up 180 like five months ago for like 20 bucks. Then we got to get on Facebook and have a debate and try to raise that price up. And that's what it's all about is just raising the value of things. Well, that goes with uh, go back. Adam Warlock in the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Is he actually in it? Is that coffin him? Because that's a cameo appearance of Adam Warlock. Does it, does it count that Adam Warlock's in the movie? Nope. No. No. His coffin is, or his cocoon is. Hey, I do have an opinion on who should play Adam Warlock if he shows up. Yahoo Serious. He has the hair. He hasn't done it in a long time. That'd be sweet. Just uh, de-age him. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about the whole de-aging thing, and uh, they should go back and do movies like uh, The Wedding Singer and de-age Billy Idol yes. so he looks like the complete badass he was in the 80s. Yes, because he looks that'd be, and That'd be hilarious. Old in The Wedding Singer. I saw something that said that... What was it? The... When the wedding was singing, well, I can't remember what year the wedding singer was released. Was it like 95, 96, something like that? Yeah. Uh, or yeah, I think so. Later 90s. It was later, yeah, later, like 98, 99. And it was supposed to be taking place in 85. 
that it's the same time frame of today when I can't remember how it worked, but it's like if you go back the same time frame at, from 2021, or 2005. Yeah, it it matched up. It's something super goofy, and I'm like, oh my gosh, people are thinking too hard about this crap. <laughs> Take off that InSync shirt before you curse the band and they break up. <laughs> oh. oh. So I just wanted to go back to uh, when you talked about writers who write a character a certain way, and then when you read their standalone books, it's not as good. Mm-hmm. I guess I got lucky because uh, I was able to go back and read Chris Claremont's run on Miss Marvel when I had Marvel Unlimited. And I read an interview that said he didn't want anybody to touch her because he had the way he had written her. He didn't want anybody to mess her up. So, but anyway, I just wanted to add that. I think a lot of creators do that. You know, they, they feel like that's theirs. You know, they don't want anybody else to touch it. But then it's like you're only going to be on this book for a certain amount of time. Somebody is going to take over, you know? Yeah. And yeah, you kind of like kind of wonder how Rob feels about other people doing Deadpool too. You know, like I created this character, but I really didn't create this character. I ripped him off of somebody else. Right. But you know, somebody else is writing him now. Like, oh, how do you how do you handle that? Right? How do you how do you get around that? Like, I know you've probably created a ton of characters, and they're out in the world, and people are writing your character. It's got to be. It's got to feel really weird, right? Yeah. Like, go ahead. I don't know. It's, it's just it's just kind of weird to me. Like, uh, a lot of books, like you don't see a lot of people reading like writing Jack Reacher books. You know, yeah. you see a lot of people writing like Spider Man. It's like. Stan must have been like, holy crap, there's been like 60 guys writing Spider-Man after me. Yeah. Well, that's like like Chris Claremont built all those backstories, right? Yep. He created the backstories for Colossus, Storm, Wolverine, Nightcrawler, uh, Kitty Pride, and, you know, so right, 18 years of writing it and then be done. And then you have to see other people writing characters that you created. Must be hard. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, guys. Hey. Hi. I called in because I I have a little insight into uh, the question that was just posed. I didn't have a good answer for any of the earlier questions. Not even the one I I posed about <laughs> uh, characters you've discovered. Uh, but... Uh, when we're talking about uh, writers who feel very protective about their characters, I, now as an editor, I've seen this. And my own wife, um, she's had discussions with her writer friends about uh, if the Sci-Fi Channel were to come to us and offer us a, a big bag of money in order to make a terrible adaptation of one of our books, but it would make a career for us in the process, 
would we sell out uh, knowing that there is going to be this bad adaptation? And uh, they came to the decision, no. Really? Yeah. And so having spoken with and worked with writers like that, uh, when I decided to write my own uh, stories, I completely skipped all of that internal drama, and I just released everything with a Creative Commons license. Steal my characters. I want you to do it. Do whatever with them you will. Hmm. So that's what I did with it. See, that's an interesting perspective. And because I know there's, you know, like Kirk was saying that Claremont really didn't want anybody touching his characters. I know Kevin Smith created a couple of characters that people wanted to use. And he's like, no, I'm not done using them. Once I'm done using them, they're all yours. But I've got other stories I want to tell about these characters. Um well, Chris Claremont, he had his opportunity. He had an open invitation to join the uh, first generation of Image and create and create and foster uh, his own creator-owned properties. Uh, but he didn't get the artist that he wanted, so he can't. So he just passed on that entire opportunity. Must not Does he been. really have a? position from which to gripe now that he doesn't have uh, control over the characters his characters no. anymore not anymore or maybe well then again the guy was riding for many years before uh, image was even a thing so maybe maybe his gripe predated that I don't know they must have I said might be talking use, out of my orifice. They must have said he had to use uh, Jim Lee as his artist, and <laughs> we all know how well that went down when he was with <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the way I read it in an old issue of, I think it was Wizard Magazine, it was Wills Portacio. He wanted to uh, be his artist, but Wills was going to do his own image book. So, uh, Chris Claremont uh, declared, oh, well, never mind then. I'll just stick with Marvel. Hmm. Hmm. He's also under contract with Marvel to never write for anybody else. So they threw a big wad of money at him, and that's Ooh, why I did not realize that. Yeah, they threw a big wad yeah. of money at him so he wouldn't write for anybody else. Okay. Insightful. So... Yeah, I'd do that. <laughs> yep. And when you have a big wad of money, you can afford to complain. <laughs> <laughs> Just looking at all these characters he created, he created a lot of characters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How close are we to the two-hour mark? 30 minutes. Oh, goodness gracious. Okay, I came into the show late, so I didn't know. 
That is a lot of time. And uh, to answer the earlier question, you know, I I thought about it and I could not pick out my favorite comic book writer because it does change from time to time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thinking. Yeah. I think Ryan got me into Jeff Johns with, uh, I can't remember which book you all, mm-hmm. you told me to read Ryan. Oh, there's so many that I like to his. Yep. Yeah. On some days I might answer Peter David on another days. I might answer, uh, one of, uh, manga artists who, uh, his name I can't remember right now. Darn it. Kenichi Sonoda. There. Throw one out. Yeah, I was going it's to a say, tough with question. The, with that group that asked that question, I wasn't really surprised not to see, you know, Japanese writers on there. Mm-hmm. Truthfully, yeah, because that group is very strong into mm-hmm. the names from the yeah. U.S. and British market. Um, There's. There are also some good things that's coming out of Korea, coming out of uh, Mexico, mm-hmm. um, coming out of France. I'm just not as well read with any in with any of those personally, so I couldn't in, inject a lot of diversity into the discussion. Maybe one or two extra countries. That, Yeah. So I that didn't really surprise me, but I mean it was a very good point, and I'm not well versed on a lot of those, as well as I would like to be. You know, I can say probably the only one that I've read consistently is uh, Saki. Is it Saki? The UCO Joe Jimbo. George Sakai. 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 That's it. Uh, ah. But outside of that, you know, I haven't read a lot of that yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting answer because I, yeah, I lump uh, Usaga Yojimbo in with the turtles, so I don't even think of that guy as being a uh, foreign comic creator. But yeah, I guess he is. See, again, it goes back to perspective. Is that, you know, you don't really. I'm not. For me, I don't pay attention to a whole lot of. Uh, is it a male or a female writer? Until kind of like Nick reviewed a book earlier. <laughs> and I don't think you were on yet, Scott. And yeah. it was very towards negative towards women. And I'm like that's interesting. And so I asked him who wrote it, and it was a female. I'm like, okay, maybe I, maybe that's their spin of this. But I'm not paying attention to where they come from or anything. I just want right. to read something good, you know. Um, yeah. If it's good, I'll start following the writers. Hey Ryan, yeah. I thought of one that uh, I thought of a comic writer that mm-hmm. was right up your alley. His name is Herge, and he created Tintin. Ooh, I do like Tintin. Ah, yeah. So. 
They're talking about French comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sergio Aragones, creator of Gru and uh, about a thousand issues of Mad Magazine and Cracked Magazine. There you yep. go. Spanish. <laughs> Greatest writer of all time, right there. He's funny. I do love reading his stuff. <laughs> he doesn't take himself too seriously. Nope, he made the Mighty Magnor too. With that sweet gatefold cover that you had to rip apart because it was like a, his big joke was you had to re- like ruin your comic to get the full effect. <laughs> yeah, he's a genius. He's so funny. Yeah. Yeah, Sergio Aragones does Star Wars. Was a one shot that he put out at one point, and I don't normally go for Sergio Aragones humor, but that particular book was hilarious. And speaking See, of hilarious, uh, Gwynpool is my pick for a character that I discovered in reading somebody else. I I was reading Howard the Duck when I discovered Gwynpool. Nice. Yeah. And I've got a Gwynpool comic right next to me that I picked up today. Uh, it's an older issue. Gwynpool Strikes Back number three. I've read like the first five pages of it and it is it is hilarious. And uh, written by a woman. Leah Williams. Nice. Yeah, there is a um, island where uh, there is a charity that is the fictitious version of Make-A-Wish. It's called the Grant-A-Wish Charity Event for a Sick Kid's Dying Wish. And the kid wished for a Marvel superhero beach volleyball party. So they've got She-Hulk. Nice. They got Black Widow. They got Tigra. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Ms. Marvel. And they got a lot of dudes too. (laughs) And (laughs) all showed up to play all showed up to play volleyball in swimsuits. (laughs) So Tigra's just in her outfit then. Oh, let me check. <laughs> it's probably just so. Blue bikini. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> so, happy International Women's Day <laughs> to Leah Williams. You've done good. Awesome. <laughs> Explanation. Explanation. <laughs> oh wow! All right, guys. Um, I've uh, interjected myself, and I've talked your ear off for a little oh, while. And well, we thank you. I take my compliments where I can. We do enjoy you popping in on these. Yep. Yeah, we do. Uh, will there be an uh, 
episode of Hunting Timothy tonight. Well, I'm up for it if Nick is. Um. Uh, okay. Yeah, we can do one. Then I will catch it later because I'm not up for it. I've had like two hours of sleep since yesterday afternoon. Oof. <laughs> yeah, get some rest, man. That's a family yeah. thing. All right. And I will definitely have a webcomic for you guys next time because I got one picked out. And it, 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 it I, I want to mention it uh, during this month because there's a monthly theme going on. All right, cool. Okay. Cool. Awesome. Sounds good. And I will stop talking your ear off. You're Thank funny. you for indulging me. <laughs> no problem. Yep. We'll talk to you later, Scott. Night. Night. Yep, night. All right. Well, does anybody have anything else at all? Uh... I watched a documentary on the creation of image. It was very, very good. Um, Todd McFarlane was my favorite because from that that uh, documentary because he's the only one that stuck to his guns for never working with Marvel again. Up until that documentary, if he has since, I don't know. But, I don't think he has. Nope. So it was a uh, it was pretty good. I found it on uh, YouTube. It was one of their free movies. So it just talks about the creation and uh, how the hardest person to get to move to Image was Jim Lee because he was uh, he liked where he was working. And he always saw himself taking over as an editor or a publisher. And he didn't really want to burn the bridge, but something happened and it pissed him off and he left. Hmm. So, And if you need some zen to watch before bed instead of hyped up action, check out Jim Lee on YouTube. He puts his Twitch videos up. And he... He takes requests from people and he does artwork for charity. And he just draws different characters. He'll, he'll draw any character that they want. And he talks and it's just fun watching him work. I don't know. I found it very therapeutic. Hmm. Very, very calming because he doesn't have a... He's got a very calming, like, soothing voice. So, I don't know. That's what I've been watching before bed every night. So. Cool. That's all, all right. I got. Cool. Anything else from you, Nick? No, I'm pretty talked out. All right. Understandable or understandable. Understandable. Wow. Understandable. <laughs> Apparently I'm talked out too. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Have a great week. We'll see you again next week. Talk to you later. See you. Bye. Bye.